Every shot. Every shot is Every shot. So, I mean, you know, you can criticize the torn bicep because the front double was kind of, you know, it hurts the front double. By 96, his arm had recovered a bit. Like, it was a lot better than it was in 90. Well, 94, he had just torn it. So, like, it was, he legitimately, they could have, you know, taken the title from him and it would have been arguable for sure. In 95, it was still like, you know, a problem visually. Um, 96, it got a little better here. Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 162. I'm your host, Big Ron Partlow, my co-host, Dusty Hanshaw, our triple co-host and producer and controller of everything, Scott McNally. How's it going? Awesome. Um, Remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and... And ring the bell. There you go. Ring the fucking bell. comment with questions. Yes, and comment with questions. We like that. So uh, we appreciate all the views. You guys have been killing it. Our views have been going up and up, and everything's just been getting more and more comments and more and more engagement, and uh, it's really good for the channel. So I know Scott really appreciates it because he's the one that manages all that and really sees it. It's fun moving. to see it growing. It's fun to see people enjoying the shows too, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's great. And you know, people coming up to us at events and gyms and saying they listen to the show and stuff is just hilarious to me. Also, so. I want I wanted I want to throw something in here real quick that uh, that I had to read because I thought it was pretty amazing, and I just got it through to my uh, thing. So, as a lot of you guys know, Mutant has started sponsoring the show, and we talked about what it's been this month. So, three episodes that uh, Mutant is sponsoring the show, and the reason it's not a big push is they didn't ask for ads or anything like that. Um, they just wanted to be the title sponsor of the show. And this is actually from a uh, a listener, Paul Thomas, sent this in with his order. <clears throat> Hello, I just made an order with you guys, and I really appreciate that you guys gave me a buy one, get one half off deal. Nice. However, the main reason I decided to order from you guys is because of Ron Partlow and Dusty Hanshaw from It's Just Bodybuilding Podcast. Oh, yeah. I was unable to put either of their discount codes in because I had received the other offer from you guys, but I wanted to make sure to give them credit because I want to know I'm supporting them. They're awesome. Looking forward to trying my new pre-workout from you guys. Thank you. So, That's cool. thought that was Sweet. pretty sick that he sent that. Uh, awesome that actually Mutant sent that to Ron and I. Ron hasn't seen it yet. And uh, nice. thank you very much, Paul, for uh, the props for supporting the show and for giving Mutant the love for uh, starting to sponsor the show. That's cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. And our codes, Big Ron 20 and Dusty 20, which gives you 21%. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Try it. I promise sec. the math is different. <laughs> Dusty, Ron's going to check on that. He's like, is that really 21%? Is it really that motherfucker? And yeah. it is. That's the thing. Wait. Don't let the truth get in the way. Did you just did you yeah. notice that hat? Look at look at I did the cowboy hat. The cowboy hat. It. What's that cowboy hat behind? I want to see you the cowboy hat on you, Ron. I do too. It's just because that's my old cowboy hat that I used to bartend in during the rodeo days. And it's just hanging on my The Rodeo now. Days. Now. now. Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> the rodeo days. Well, there'd always be like, um, you know, 
like in the summertime, there might be a rodeo in the city or something. So everyone oh. would be wearing cowboy hats that week. Okay. You know, there's Calgary Stampede. Like they have the best, the biggest one in the world. So for two weeks there, they're all wearing cowboy hats, you know. So there's all that sort of thing. And where in the Canada where I'm from is there's, you know, there's always a rodeo in every city at some point of the year. Nice. Okay. I would so, like for this very first uh, YouTube question for Ron to wear the cowboy hat during the answer. Can we get can that? We that? <laughs> can we get that? Can we, can we make can that we happen make, for this? Okay, viewer? okay, we can do that. We can. Yes. Do that. All right. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. <laughs> Me there too. comes Rod. He's got his cowboy hat. There we go. And there we go. Nice. It All works. right. That works. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that works. Emily's losing her mind right now. Like she's actually in physical pain. This is way too small for my head. Like it doesn't really fit. I had to rip. Well, you weren't taking out. growth back then. So yeah, no, no. It's just like, I think for Halloween, you know, I was a cowboy for Halloween one year, that sort of shit. But I just always had this dumb hat. I don't even remember where I got it. I think I bought it for a costume and then it just was always my dumb cowboy hat. And I always just kind of kept it. It was funny. Well, okay, let's go. First question. question. You got one go. question. All right. <laughs> All right. This is from Ryan Mansfield, longtime supporter of the program. No, it's going to be a 20 minute answer. Part of the Patreon. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he's a really intense trainer, too. I've seen his videos over on Instagram. He says, guys, a question for the next show. Which version of Dorian Yates was the best in your opinion? I know so many say 93 Olympia because let's face it, it was pretty much the best physique ever to grace the Olympia stage ever. But my personal favorite is the 96 German Grand Prix. There is a video on YouTube of the prejudging where it's just Dorian hitting the mandatories. And to me, it's the most mind bending package I have ever seen. Could you review the video on the show and give your opinions? Great show. Been here since it's just bodybuilding episode one. So we actually I pulled this up. Uh, and I got to get rid of some other stuff like porn and stuff that you guys can't see on my screen here. All right. There <laughs> Be careful we go. what you share. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're good. We're going to go like this. We're going to go like this. And then I think if I just hit this and then go to full screen, we should be good. How's that look, guys? God damn. Yep. So this is one of the best videos of all time. This is this crazy. And you got to admit, that stage lighting looks pretty fucking awesome. And, you know, Dorian's condition is just, just, you know, he, he really had it down pat. Yeah. He was so hard there too. Just crazy. Dorian was always like, even, you know, he was just so dry. Yeah. He had it down pat. His body, his body handled water and sodium and carbs very well. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what would you say? What's his favorite? What's your favorite shot of his? Front lat spread is the kind of like the standard by which all front lat spreads of, you know, the back, the back double, the back lat, the side try. I think those were his four, his four main shots. Yeah. The glutes, the hams. And we can't really review this. You know what I'm saying? It's just amazing. Good God. You know, the back double, you know? Yeah. Like the muscle on the back. So he sets up the Christmas tree here. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, people people forget 
people forget what the previous champions, you know, accomplished. Yeah. Um, that's just how it always is, you know. But, man, you know, that condition, that amount of mass on his frame, he's 260 pounds here for sure. Yeah. You know, at least. Yeah, that's nasty. Just saran wrap, you know. Yeah, every shot, every shot is freaking every incredible. So, I mean, you know, you can criticize the torn bicep because the front double was kind of, you know, it hurts the front double. By 96, his arm had recovered a bit. Like, it was a lot better than it was in 94. Well, 94, he had just torn it. So, like, it was, he legitimately, they could have, you know, taken the title from him and it would have been arguable for sure. In 95, it was still, like, you know, a problem visually. Um, 96, it got a little better here. Yeah. Um, you know, just training, putting muscle on it and getting it, you know, filling out and stuff. But, uh, but I, I'd say my favorite is still 93 because he had no injuries. The, the front double was like, he literally won the front double in 93. Yeah. Right. As opposed to like how he says being last in the front double and then winning the other poses. Right. Mm. So so I'd say my favorite version of Dorian is the one I saw in person 10 days after the 93 Olympia. Because I, I saw that, it right that, there. That front double, I think the, the thing that I see here, and I know it was two years after, there's so much going on, I don't even see his biceps. Yeah, I can right. see that. Right, that's the thing. I don't see them. <laughs> there's yeah. too much going on. Like I, I think if you if you didn't know it was torn, like for example, that phys- that physique right there still wins six Olympias, right? In yeah. my opinion, you know what I mean. I mean he's that good, and I don't know that he was ever that. That's the best um, video version of him I've ever seen, because you can yeah. really see the the conditioning. Like we talked about a million times, like you know Chris Aceto telling me that as good as Dorian is in videos, it has nothing compared to what he looked like in person. And that video was like really like fuzzy looking and he still looked just absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is, has anyone yeah. put that much like separation in every single muscle at that size since him? I mean, even yeah, Ronnie, like crazy. It's the detail, you know, it's bonkers. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thanks for the done. hat, Ron. Appreciate it. Done. Thanks, Ron. We appreciate <laughs> you. Yes. One time only. <laughs> Back to branding. Back to branding. Sorry about that, mutant. All right. What are we doing? Are we going for more YouTube questions? You guys have questions you want to do, or what's what's the game plan? We're, yeah, we're doing YouTube both. Keep going. Keep yeah. YouTube going. All right. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, that's Maddie C says, "Question for next time: Do you guys have any guilty pleasure music, either to train to or just that you really enjoy? Sometimes Lady Gaga and Fallout Boy get me amped in the gym. Don't judge me." Wow. That's that's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, I don't a guilty pleasure. Um, well, like the odd time I'll listen to something that's that's still my wheelhouse, but not my training wheelhouse. Like um, the other day I put on the album holes album. Um, you know, the, the big one they had with live Miss this world on it and doll parts live through this. Yeah. yeah. So I trained to live through this the other day. Hmm. It was f- fucking great album, man. There's lots of anger in that album. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking it's plenty pissed off, you know, it's uh, so yeah, that was, that was actually uh, kind of a fun little, you know, step out of my normal 
you know, wheelhouse. But um, guilty pleasure music. I listen to all sorts of weird stuff when I'm driving in the car. I put on like the other day I was listening to Jim Crochet. Like, I don't know if you guys know Jim Crochet. I don't know yeah, he's an amazing singer-songwriter from the 70s. He only made a couple albums, and then he was killed in a plane crash. Huh. And um, he never got to be like, you know, he never got to make 10 albums and become like a David Bowie or, you know, massive star like he would have been. But um, kind of like Hendrix, you know, came fast, made like two amazing albums of like legendary hits that you've probably heard a million times and just don't know. But yeah, anyways, Jim, Jim Crochet is like awesome. But that's like my relax music, you know? All right. All right. Hmm. What about you, Scott? Uh, you know what? So I used to listen to a lot of music. And then at a certain point, and it was actually when I got in recovery, I, I like I stopped listening to all the stuff I used to listen to. And a lot of it was real dark. And I think that was part of the reason why. And I hadn't commit, like connected to music in a real strong way for a long time. And then I discovered like really nasty grimy dubstep and i fell in love with it and it's like it's my thing now and it there's some of that stuff is just like so intense and hard but in a completely different way than any music i used to listen to was so i really only listen to it when i train and i'm Mm -hmm. kind of like a when we've talked about like trying new hobbies and stuff like to me i'm a novice so like i'm like oh what is this you know it's like different than like the style it sounds a little different what is this and it like has a reggae influence or something and and i just have a lot of fun with that and i'll find like just a a set on soundcloud and it'll be like an hour long and i'll listen to that whole thing while i train sometimes i'll find one i really like and then i'll listen to that one on repeat you know like the next time i train but there'll be some stuff in there like that I never would expect. Like there's one track that they use some Katy Perry music, but the way they like amp it up and stuff, it's like it all comes together. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I like Katy Perry. But then I go listen to the real Katy Perry song and I'm like, ah, oh, this is a letdown. But like I'll listen to it in the dubstep mix where it's like all hard and nasty. Uh, and Victoria doesn't like that stuff. So I always have to do it with the headphones because she doesn't want me to like jam the house out with it. She says it sounds like robots having sex. Yeah, sounds like ra- sounds like raccoons fucking in garbage cans. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm okay with that. And I get, I, I, to- I get, it's not for everybody. Scott, you could not have answered that more flawlessly <laughs> because I was first stunned by the answer. I was blown blown away. Then you threw Katy Perry in the mix just to fuck with me more. Then you made the the statement that I like Katy Perry. And you're like, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a lot going on there. And then we ended it with raccoons fucking in a garbage can. I mean, this is where you took us here. That sums it up pretty much. I don't even want to answer the question because I'm like, (laughs) I went on a journey just now. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I got, I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. And the only reason I'm answering is because in mine's not even like a guilty pleasure, but it will shock Ron. I don't really like um, rap, hip-hop kind of music when I'm training. But sometimes Lil Wayne oh. goes throughout the entire workout with me. I've done that too. Yeah, it's good. And I'm like, and I mean, I, lo- I, lo- I love him anyways, but that's not usually music for the gym for me. And Ron's considering unfriending me on Facebook right now. No, no, I and- can understand. That's, that's- <laughs> hey, um, like, like Rich Piano always said, angry white music and angry black music. <laughs> 
right? As long as you're angry, you're good to go. Yeah, that's it. You'd ask Rich, what do you like? He'd go, angry white music and angry black music. Fucking, that's, that's, <clears throat> that's my thing. So, yeah, I, I think I that he's that. amazingly talented, too. Like, I, I, this was like a, a rabbit hole situation where one day I was, I think it was when we were driving across, I, I just put on his Spotify. Yeah, yeah, just let like his didn't random like realize I knew all of his songs. Like, I, yeah, yeah. It was like, like an hour and a half into it, I was like, "So you're possibly my favorite rapper ever." I had no idea. So yeah, oh, right, right. Yeah, very talented. Unlike the shit that I had listened to with the kids in the car. Now, <laughs> moving on. It's funny. I I I, uh, I I the other day listened to an entire KRS One album. No kidding. Oh, I went old school. Yeah, because my my buddy Frank put up a Flatland clip that kind of went viral. Everyone was sending it to me. The one with the tire ripping on the ground that you sent to me. No way. I see. Yeah, the tire so there's that. There's a KRS One rap song he uses in that clip. Hmm. Okay. And I was like, oh fuck, I love this song. So then, of course, I like Apple Music to KRS One, and like you know, threw a whole album on. Fucking yeah, it was pretty cool. So. You need to join the Spotify train, I promise. I'm on the Spotify train, but the uh, problem is is the gym uses my Spotify all the time. I never know when it's using it or not. Uh, and um, and I'm, I like Apple Music, too. It's awesome. I, I use it a no, lot. No, I use Apple Music. I used to use it exclusively until this year. And I still go back because I like how it connects me to other music, which is sweet. you know. Or like you said, the bonus tracks now are kind of cool. Okay, Scott, you won that battle by a long shot. Moving on. <laughs> I'm going to have to skip past literally five questions because we got like so many music questions on this episode. Okay. We can we can like filter them in, you know, as we go. Uh okay. Barry Kitchen, also big time supporter of our channel. He's part of the Patreon. He comments like every episode. Thank you. so thank you Barry. He says, "Greg Doucette, we all know who he is." <laughs> and he's just not the only one. Uh, you discussed uh, about how trend isn't necessarily needed. Uh, you can use other things that are actually safer for your health and your mental health. Maybe speak on that uh, next episode. Yeah. Um, well, he's right. Yeah. 100% right. Listen, trend is probably the most effective steroid for just being a being an anabolic steroid androgenic steroid like it's i don't know is there anything stronger than trenbolone for you know nitrogen retention and recovery and but some people shouldn't take it man some people can't fucking handle their trend their their brain does not like those that powerful of an androgen mm-hmm. there's there and then there's other people it's not necessarily going to be good for their health their blood work could get i've seen people's blood work get like destroyed with like one contest cycle of trend Hmm. it just means some people just can't take certain drugs right we know this Mm -hmm. so not everyone can take trend that's what people have to get through their thick skull not everyone should take it some people can take trend it's just like oh yeah i threw in a couple hundred megs of trend and yeah the prep went really well yeah i felt good you know sleeping all right i don't really know what they're talking about with the sweats thing like you know, mm-hmm. and then there's other people that are like, oh, my God, I can't sleep with this trend. I'm night sweating every night. I feel like shit. My heart's racing. I'm arguing with my wife. I'm like, OK, let's just like. I don't know. Not. <laughs> maybe I'm just not. Maybe I'm just not hardcore enough anymore. 
You know? what it is but, though is 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 trend doesn't make you a better bodybuilder. No, that's a thing. And also two doses, man. Like get your doses straight. Like, man, I've had guys win shows this year. Like good clients win shows doing fifty megs of trend every second day the last six weeks. Right. Right. So like, mm-hmm. and then I talk to other guys. I'm like, oh, how much trend you use? I'm like, oh, six hundred. I'm like, Jesus. 300 was staple for me when I was competing. I would take 300 a week, which I thought was pretty pretty heavy um, because of what it was. You know, 300 a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and fortunately, I have an you know absurd blood work ability, so that was never an issue. And the worst thing about trend for me was actually just taking it the actual right. act mm. and the role of the dice and wondering since I always like to put off taking drugs till nighttime if I was about to fuck up my whole night for 20 minutes coughing but <laughs> yeah but I, don't I don't think, think it's, I, a, I, it's not necessary and the only thing is the question I think they were asking is what would you replace it with you're not replacing it you're not recreating trend in another way but what would you have a client take say you're going to fill that hole well I mean, it's not a DHT derivative. It's technically a 19 nor, but I would just use like, you know, Masteron instead or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, Winstraw Masteron test. That's if <laughs> that's a great, that's more than enough. You don't yeah. have to have trend in there. You know, it's, um, I mean, you guys gotta, you gotta realize that not everything works for everybody the same and your health is different than other people's health, you know? You know, some people just can't do certain things, you know? I know. Okay. All right. What's next? Uh, Question for everybody. What is your favorite meal that your wife or significant other makes? Like, when she makes it, you get super excited. It doesn't have to be your typical meat, chicken, rice meal. Uh, Easy question, hopefully, that can be answered quickly. Unless you have a story behind it, LOL. Uh, Dusty, your girlfriend is a Latina. Uh, She has to be able to throw something down. What is it? Well, here's a shocker that I love playing with. Number one, she gets that all the time. People guess where she's from. And she's actually Italian. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but we leave it alone because everyone assumes. So we're like, oh, fuck it, you're Latina. That's fine. Um, and on that note, uh, she blindsided me with the greatest chicken parm sandwich in the history of the world once. Because I was like, I want a chicken parm. But I was thinking like the pasta. And then she was like, I'm going to make it. Because I, I wanted to order it from somewhere. I was like, okay. She was, do you want that or a sandwich? I was like, fuck it. I mean, a sandwich makes everything better. You can do Let's that? Let's do a sandwich. <laughs> and literally, <clears throat> it was one of those things. You know, like usually if somebody makes you something, yeah, turn it up a little. Like It was good, but you make it a little extra good verbally, you know. I had to turn it down a hair because I didn't want it to appear like I was lying. Right. I was right. like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I literally celebrated out loud when the girls didn't want any. Cause I knew that meant that I could eat more later. <laughs> 
Yes. So that without, I mean, I'm getting emotional. Like, oh, tear gum. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, that is, that's one of the top five dishes that anyone uh, has ever made for me. I was like, and of course, she doesn't watch the show, so she'll never hear these compliments. It's perfect. <clears throat> but yes. So that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to request that this weekend now. Thank you for that question. The coolest thing, well, Emily's made me like, I, I can call her if I'm like coming home from the airport and be like, can you cook a meal for me? I'm starving or whatever. And she'll have a meal ready when I get home. And she, she knows exactly how to cook my food. So she always does a great job. But one time she went to Earl's and she got all the raw ingredients for my favorite meal. So she got like a steak and she got the dough for the pizza and the sauce that they use. And she got all the individual ingredients of my favorite restaurant meal and she cooked them at home and it was awesome. Like she did a fantastic job. Yeah, it was great. So I had like an Earl's meal, but it was home cooked by nice. her. So you have to understand like, Scott, like, and not, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Story's not done. Oh, shit. And <laughs> she cooked the whole meal in lingerie and heels. Oh, it's, it's with an apron on. It's keeper right there. She had to have an apron on for safety. <laughs> we have only Britain Burns. It's valid. There you go. Think splash. Well, I have to say yeah. this though, Scott. Not only <clears throat> which I've experienced this meal without the lingerie, without her making it, just at the restaurant with him before. <laughs> um, but she not only made it from at home, but yeah. that kept him from going across the street because it's literally across the street. From his huh. house. It would take him yeah, yeah. A, a solid seven minutes to get there had he had to walk. That's love. That's so. what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they never make it in lingerie, thank God. No offense. No, no. Chefs. In the comfort of your own home. Your sandwich is ready. <laughs> Fuck. There you go. There you go. Man, that's great. Victoria, uh, when we first started dating, made this shepherd's pie for me. In fact, oh, yeah. I bought this like uh, one of those big cast iron like Dutch oven things nice. a decade ago, right? A decade ago. And I was like, it was on sale and it was beautiful. It was really expensive, but it was a really good price. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to buy that because I can use that and I'll make meals with it. I never used never it did. once. <laughs> it, it was in the cupboard above the refrigerator, the one that you can't really even get to very easily. And it lived yeah, there yeah, for like a decade. Forget about it. Yeah, yeah. So Victoria comes into my life and she's like going through the cupboards and she finds it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's my, you know, blah, 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 fancy oven thing. And and she's like, oh, what have you cooked in it? And I was like, well, I, it's never been used. Like the label still on it, the cardboard still inside of it, you know. So she made a shepherd's pie in it. And it was legit the best shepherd's pie I had ever had in my entire life. Unfortunately, she right. didn't use a recipe, so she can't recreate it. But I said, that's okay. We can continue to try. You know, we can just experiment. You can try right. every week, honey. Exactly. Every week you can try. It's what's, such a, in the, what's in the ideal shepherd's pie? I don't even know. That's part of the, the magic. But it's a, you know, it's, it's a ground beef, meat. Right? Uh, she used beef. And, okay. and then it had... Um, you know, uh, is it potatoes like a mashed potatoes yeah, that are potatoes on the that. top and then that's cooked carrots. on? Yeah, there's veggies in there and stuff, and then it's cooked on so you can cut it like a slice of pie. And mm. what's nice about it is this thing was huge, so 
you could just any time of day, the leftovers were even better. You know what I mean? You oh, just yeah. cut a slice out, throw it in the microwave, and boom, there's your carbs, there's your protein. Perfect. You know? Yeah, a little I insulin to get in the gym. This will be something we talk to her about when she's on the show, if she ever joins us. <laughs> yes, yes. We're going to bring it up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. good. Definitely. We'll get the correct shepherd's pie recipe. Get it down by that point, and then we can give it to our viewers. Yeah, we're not having her on until then. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's no other knowledge to share with us. All right. Wow. All right. What's next? Okay. Young King, question for the next episode. What's, what y'all think of using Anivar in a growing phase? You just it, covered that. Yeah. Use, <laughs> use whatever you want, man. I don't know. Good enough. They all work. They all work. To some degree, for whatever you want, we'll move on. Yeah. We'll move on. Okay. okay. Um, question. Oh fuck yes! Question for the next show is two hundred and sixty-three total testosterone, really low for a forty-seven-year-old man. Yes. Yeah, you should get some TRT. Yeah. Transcendcompany.com. Check them out. That's where you need to go. Trust me, they'll take care of you. Dead serious though, like you have no idea how bad you feel right now. That's the problem with when when people's hormones change, it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Probably in his early 30s, it started ticking down, right? So you don't realize it's happening. But had you went to bed at 29, feeling the way you did then, and woke up the next day feeling like you do today, you probably would have went to the hospital because something is wrong. You woke up, so, you could just you so, just walk your flaccid penis to the bathroom to pee. You could do all these things that you could not do when you were 29. So this here's the muscle. thing. There's <laughs> there's guys out there, there's guys out there where things happen suddenly. Like mm-hmm. I know guys that are like 31 and all of a sudden they feel like garbage and they go and their test levels like 100. Yeah. Yep. And they're like fuck. So when it falls off a cliff, people notice and they go to the doctor and they ask around. They're like, something's wrong, right? But when it yeah. goes down for the rest of them, for the rest of people, their hormones change gradually, like Dusty was saying. And those are the people that don't notice it like that. And they wind up being like in their 50s before they think, oh, is there something I can do to feel better? Whereas the guys that have it like fall off a cliff on them because of some whatever genetic predisposition or whatever the fucking reason is, they're the ones that go to the doctor right away because they notice it so so easily. So yeah. just keep that in mind. Yeah. You should get that fixed. So you'll you'll be stunned because it's it's funny, but it's actually not healthy to leave your levels low. So all they the same should- side effects happen yep. to like low test. The cholesterol gets fucked up, fucking blood work goes mm-hmm. to shit. Like all the same things happen to you. Yeah. Yep. So very key. I think that's and, and the brutal part is is a lot of doctors will fight you on it. Hmm. I'm I'm dealing with that right now with a 35 year old client. His doctor's like, Nope, you're in range, you're fine. I'm like, Yeah, you're an idiot. He literally But your muscle mass is declining. You've lost five percent of your muscle mass in the His last desire year. to to get out of bed and do anything, go to work is down. Yeah. Like Basically, and, and every this, single sign that says you need the hormones fixed, he has. And his doctor's like, oh, you're in range. Yes. And they're linking now, directly linking decline in muscle mass to your when you die. 
Like hmm. oh, when your mu- your muscle mass declines, it continues to decline. Your metabolism changes and everything declines. And Damn. lean body mass is important. Obviously, not. I'm I'm not saying that being clinically obese with pure muscle mass is the ideal, but. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Like once, you know, you take a normal athletic person and you just slowly take muscle off of them and they will eventually just die. And it's linked to when you die. So you want to keep, you know, that that healthy muscle mass that allows your body to, you know, keep, you know, keep firing and keep active and all that stuff. Because, you know, the less muscle mass you have, the more inactive you become and the less you do stuff and quality you of know, life. It's just super important. So, yep. again, transcendcompany.com, Dusty20 at checkout, knock 20 bucks off the bill. We'll get your shit legally and you don't have to fight with your doctor. Nice. Like, yeah. Or yeah. remember Big Ron? Twi- no. Wait, no. <laughs> you can, so if you're going to do right? that, then you can go take care of Ron on, on uh, Mutant Nation or uh, I am Mutant.com, even though he gets one <laughs> less percent off than I do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not true. Connie Richards, one of our people, she comments literally. She's oh, like yes. the first person every Connie's episode. Awesome. She's a huge supporter. Thank you, Connie. I think we talked a little bit about this, but because it is Connie, I wanted to bring it back up. Um, Absolutely. Would love the trio's thoughts on A, deload weeks, and B, rest days when you feel like one versus scheduled. Uh, just love to train and uh, not competitor. Uh, always looking for looking to grow and gain strength. Hard trainer, not wussy, though. Uh, and go. Love okay. It. I I was always better at rest days than I was deloads. Because that was, I just, I've talked about this before. I didn't, I didn't have, for like a great deal of the time I was in the gym, I was, I was probably too OCD about training intensity. And I didn't really have um, any gears other than all out, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, I sort of looking back, I had like a huge chip on my shoulder. Like if I was in there, I was going to try to kill myself. Like this is the only, I had to like, like that couldn't dishonor the place by not, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Um, so if, if it was time for something, it was time for just days off, like a week off or four extra days off in a row or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't good at deloads. I, I obviously now, like with all the stuff we've come to learn the last decade and, about you know just periodization of training has really like you know it, it, it really become more structured for a lot of people and all that sort of stuff so deloads are a lot more you know common but um yeah my generation wasn't really good at them <laughs> <laughs> i think the unplanned <clears throat> the unplanned days off i think are genius because connie you love to train <clears throat> you already said that if you feel like you don't love to train that day and it's happened for a few days, like it's one thing we got to power through. We all have those power through workouts. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. But when you have two or three days in low, when you're someone who loves to train, then you're right. You take a day off. I just last week, hell, two days ago, it was when we were in uh, Vegas. <clears throat> I had a client, a couple complaints. I was like, take four days off. Just don't train. <clears throat> yeah. You'll, you'll be fine after that. Like he doesn't need a deload. I already know that he just needs a minute. <clears throat> Where'd the four come from? Pulled it directly out of my ass. No idea why that was four. <laughs> just to take four days off and we'll go. Actually, I think it probably put him through the end of the week. Was probably why I went with four. See, 
That's that funny, you know. To, to to Dusty, he pulled the four out of his ass, but I see it differently. He he did a calculation. He yeah. already did the calculation on how many days would it take for me to get pissed off and want to train again, <laughs> and then factor in this person's current exhaustion level and their goals. Run it through a filter of I'm super fucked up. This is a probably less fucked up individual I'm dealing with, and the number four came out. And there it was. It actually, is a, it's a great number. It probably was a great number. You know, it's one day. It's like two days. It's like okay, I had two days off. Third day, you really want to train. Yeah. Fourth day, I don't care who you are. If you're a serious bodybuilder, day four is tough. Yeah. You're like fuck, you know, and you're chomping at the bit. So Dusty, Dusty was playing psychological games with that client, but he knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> I, I appreciate you pumping me up like that, and I'll pretend that I agree. You know what's See, funny? But you about made that, the calculation though? and didn't even know it, right? Well, I'm so smart. Um, I had a, I had the same, the same thing in reverse with Aceto. We had done a brutal year of, of, I mean, we worked together the whole year. I didn't do, I mean, it was just awesome year of bodybuilding. So I decided after the second show of the year, I was like. I'm going to take a couple of weeks completely off because when I had gotten my um, when I had gotten my hernia done, I was out for a pretty decent amount of time. And after that, I had the best results of my life, hmm. best gains. So I was like, I'm going to force one of those periods off because then when I come back, the gains will be awesome because I've learned this. So that's what I'm going to do. And uh, so I told Chris and he's like, great idea. It's fine. Four days in. It was getting brutal. Like I was wanting to go to the gym. Like six days in, I text him. I'm like, man, this is this is fucked, man. I text him again one more time, and he goes, okay, this is doing more problems than more damage than. <laughs> He's like, you're obviously rested, and now you're just pissed off. He's like, go back to the gym, and it was funny because that's it was accurate. Like huh. I literally was creating cortisol huh. by not going to the gym. Because I had committed, you know, and that's the problem with having something wrong with your brain is if I say I'm doing something, then I have to do it. Even once it's a bad idea, you know, even when I'm in the back of the cop car, I'm like, that was bad. I knew that. I shouldn't have done it. But no, he yeah. did tell me that. And I immediately went back to the gym. And it's, it's exactly what you're saying, Ron. Like, I was only a few days in and I was irritated that I wasn't going to the gym. Yeah. You know, and in reverse, I had a period just barely when we when we went on our vacation, I had been blasting all year, more or less. I did not have any desire to train the entire time I was out of, out of the country. Not even once was I like, oh, maybe I'll go hit the gym. None. You know, so I was like, oh, my body apparently needed this. You were out of Could your regular had. schedule, too. I bet like if it would have been, you know, you're at I, home. I bet you would have been like, I'm supposed to be at the gym. Yeah. The day with mimosas. Oh. Every day. <laughs> there was there was the six or so mimosas every morning that might have played a role. Anyways. <clears throat> Thanks, All <right>. Connie. <laughs> All right. Back to music here. Question for the next show. Ron and whoever wants to answer, do you listen to The Grateful Dead? No. But... I get it. I appreciate deadheads for what they are and who they are. And uh, I thank them for their contribution and their to drugs. modern music. I, I thank them for their, their, yeah, their, their contribution to Western culture, <laughs> right? 
What's this Canadian uh, go? <laughs> Sorry, what's that? That's a, listen, listen to this Canadian go. <laughs> Just no, they're an important. No, band. I yeah. don't. Now let me explain why they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, but they're like they're one of those bands. They got some songs I really like. Like they've had some cool tunes over the years. You know, they're not a huge like hit band like no you know they're jam band right a lot of their songs are real like psychedelic wacky sort of you know they're not a lot of their stuff made the radio um but some of it did you know we all know their songs we just don't realize they're grateful dead songs i guarantee it you know so i could tell yeah, i got a friend that i got a friend that following. goes and watches them every year at like the gorge in washington oh yeah and it's like they got a hike in and everyone's super tripping on acid and it's just crazy in there and the grateful dead play for like four hours and yeah just you know crazy trips yeah i knew people who followed them and then after that they went to fish the fish that band fish yep and they followed fish after that like i knew a girl who uh literally would buy like a couple packs of hot dogs and had a little grill and then she'd sell the hot dogs in the parking lot and that would help her to pay for gas to get to the next show and that's like literally what she did her and her boyfriend yeah yeah that's another band that fish and grateful dead are both in that same little subgenre, like yeah. ultra hippie cult bands you know yeah yeah all right another music question which band should have been on mtv unplugged so that's a good question because it depends on what you mean. Like, when did when did they end that? When was the last MTV Unplugged? I'll Does it, it have to be during that era? No, because I want better answers. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah, when was the last MTV Unplugged? 2000 to... Wait, no. That doesn't sound right. It, uh, the show aired regularly from 1989 to 1999 and less frequently from 2000 to 2009. So it was out wow. for a long time. Oh, okay. It was okay. much longer than I thought. Hmm. There's only a couple of the a couple of that really stand out. There's, there was a bunch of them that were good, but I'm just it's hard to remember them all. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, for instance, I think Sheryl Crow did one, and it was actually really great because <laughs> I, I love Sheryl Crow. That's a guilty pleasure artist for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a huge Sheryl Crow fan. I went and saw her in concert and everything. So she's fantastic. But um, I don't know. Artists that should have done one and didn't? I mean, that's tough. You know? Did Metallica do one? That'd be interesting. I'm I'm doing you know, a little research here, just so you know. I'm not sure if Metallica ever did an unplugged. So I, I did the top fifteen uh, unplugs ever, just to right. get a feel for who was on it. Because, like you said, I don't remember many of them. Nirvana, so, Alice in Chains, I remember those. Yeah, 15, 1998, Metallica did one. Okay, fifteen, Rod Stewart, fourteen, Kiss, thirteen, Oasis, twelve was Paul McCartney. Lauren Hill in 2011, Neil Young in 93, Alicia Keys in 05, ooh, Hole in 1995, the year after Kurt's alleged suicide. I'm going with alleged now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a conversation that we had uh, in Vegas this weekend. Really? Mar- okay. Mariah Carey in 1992. I loved her when I was younger, just for the record. Yeah. Forward. Yeah. Um, 
LL Cool J, A Tribe Called Twest, Quest in 1991. Huh. Why? Why? Uh, Eric Clapton in 92. Alice in Chains, I do remember that one. Uh, in That's one of the best ones. Yeah. Yep. Jay-Z in 2001. Hmm. Do I want to hear Jay-Z doing Unplugged? Well, I don't really get hip-hop on MTV Unplugged. They're just, they're just, yeah, that's not what it, I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Every one of them like, and stuff. Now, here we go. Pearl Jam. Acoustics? Pearl Jam. And- oh, oh cliffhanger. Oh, well, at least we know he left on Pearl Jam. We know where he is. If I think he said Pearl Jam was two. We know what number Hold one is. Hold the phone. We know, what, we know what number one is. All so right. Wanna- I wanted to pause before the number one. So <laughs> Make it dramatic. Yeah, yeah, so I was yeah. like, the answer we already knew, which was Nirvana. And yeah. what's actually the, the, you know, on all the questions or all the scrolling, where am I going here? Uh, the picture they use for all of them is just Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. It's just Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, y'all didn't get, I guess Jay-Z got one. The rest are all Nirvana except for Jay-Z's got a picture. That's funny. That's funny. There's a funny story behind that unplugged too, because I guess the rehearsal didn't go well. And um, they hadn't played together for like a little while and they'd never really tried to do a whole acoustic set. Oh, really? Yeah. Like they didn't like it was kind of winged it. And, um, you know, Kurt wanted to bring uh, the two brothers on from the Meat Puppets to play guitars on a few songs. And there's a couple songs where Kurt doesn't play guitar. He just sits there and sings. And they hadn't really jammed with those guys at all. Like there was no, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't really. And I guess rehearsal didn't go that great. And they were worried about how it sounded and everything. And um, and then they just went out and that's what happened. And it just turned out to be like, you know, kind of magical live TV. Huh. That's what I love about that well, kind of stuff. Not live, just, but they recorded clicks. it. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 We had one more. Okay. It is not a question. It's just a comment or a suggestion from Jesse. He says, we need a little side shield where Ron just rants about something. LOL. Call it Ron's Rants. We've heard this before. Well, this is like popular demand. This. Yeah, it is popular demand. But the problem is, we have to find something that he that hits him in this fucking soul. Yeah, that's the only way Ron goes off. Oh He's yeah, more mellow. But you never know where what it's gonna be. Like it lip syncing. You know, it's just like I didn't know it's gonna set you off, Ron. Well, I know. It's, a, it's the same in reverse too. Like I gotta be honest. Yeah. It does not upset me that Ron wants to eat his pizza with a fork and knife. I don't give a no, shit. No. People wanted to have him incarcerated. Really? I know. Really? And the thing is, <laughs> I, they don't realize how flexible I am. I yeah. like eating my pizza with a fork and knife. But but this week, Dusty and I had some pizza. And I just went right in with my hands, folded it up. Like a savage. With everybody. Like a savage. But that's because... The reason I like pizza with a knife and fork is if you're sitting at a restaurant and everyone else is eating like a salad or a steak yeah. and you're like eating with your hands and it's just like, guys, you know what I mean? I don't like that. But everyone was kind of getting in there and it's kind of messy and, it was, you know, it's a team building effort. It was all good. Well, see, people don't realize, though, too, now that I've derailed the show once again, that Ron doesn't like messy things to be eaten like at mess. all. So, like, if wow. I said, hey, Ron, you want you want to go have some uh, chicken wings with me right now? He'd be like, uh. No, I love salt and pepper wings, but I don't like yeah. the ones all covered in sauce. Yeah, like those. Yeah, oh, salt and pepper's great. I had sea salt and vinegar. Holy shit! It was like salt and vinegar chips. They were amazing. Nice. I saved in my jam. Sorry, now I'm really getting lost. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, <clears throat> okay. we're back. 
Do you have any more, Scott? Go or do I got to go that with mine? That was it. That was it. I'm tapped out. Fucking tapped God. out. That was a lot. Okay. That was two I know episodes Dusty's got worth. a few. Yes, I'm pulling them up as we speak. Actually, I think this is there's there's one. Some of these are directed directly to me, but I thought this was a good one. So I'm asking all of us: Do you and your significant other and or wife? Yes, that is you, Scott. Uh, do you share finances? And what are your thoughts on this? And I, I, I like this question because uh, I do not. I do not let anyone touch my money. Um, so what we do is everything gets split. Um, she makes plenty of money. So we just split everything. But the reason I don't like that is because I don't want you to buy me an absurd birthday present with my money. <laughs> I don't want that. And vice versa. Like if I surprise you, it's like, I've always thought it's so funny when someone's like, I bought you a new car. I'm like, no, you bought the family a fucking expensive payment every month. You didn't do shit. You, it's 1100 a month because you're a dick. Now, if you want to buy me a car, go buy me a car. Perfect. Rock on, you know? There you so, go. Because we do. So our finances, what the way it's shared is, but there are things that go into investments and things like that, where it's like, all right, don't forget, you owe your $400 for this and this and this. But beyond that, I don't give a shit what you do with your money um, and vice versa. So I've just never liked that. It's, it's good. And I don't think me personally, there's nothing wrong with it doesn't have to be an even split. Like if you make $40,000 a year and I make $300,000 a year, I'm not like, all right, mortgage is 8,000. So give me your four. Like, you know, it's not going to work, but yeah, yeah. yeah, I just find that a lot of people, my experience is that money causes problems for people. So I just take it out of the equation. What about you guys? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we just sort of keep everything so simple. Like we just never bothered mixing anything, Mm -hmm. you know, just go about our business. You know, we both do well. We're both aware of how we're doing and we, we talk about it and like, we're really, you know, communicative and all that stuff. But yeah, we just sort of like just you know i don't care you know you're she's responsible like she she doesn't do dumb shit you know so i don't Mm. have to worry you know we talk about what we're doing all the time like oh yeah i'm thinking of doing this you know i'm gonna buy this i'm gonna get this like oh yeah okay like it's just it's never it's never something that's a problem so yeah like totally get it tend to pick up tabs randomly though you must know this (laughs) ron's not afraid to pick up a three or four or eight hundred dollar tab at dinner just because he has a moment. So, you know, that would be something that some couples might have a problem I'm, with. <laughs> I'm terrible, but I make up for it in another way. I'm really terrible at buying gifts for people. I'm, I feel like I'm a bad shopper. So I, I like, you know, I like pick up the tab once in a while. There you go. There you go. That makes sense. How about you, Scott? Well, since we got married and since she's from another country. Yeah, that's another dimension. Yeah. We got a uh, we got a bank account together because that mm. that gives her legitimacy here in the U.S. Right. that we needed. Uh, yes. So that was our main driver for that. Otherwise, you know, I, I mean, I have everything I had since before the relationship, as does she, uh, and and right. and we have that pretty much separated at the at this point. But I, I foresee things joining more as we go. You know, like as it oh, becomes yeah. as it becomes necessary. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Yep. Right. Sorry, I'm the one with questions. I'm not looking for my next question. Awkward. Um, bah, bah, bah. No. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, this is a good one because uh, Ron knows the, the answer. The Arsenal strength incline fly. Um, how did it hit for you, Ron? Ron might have a leg. Let's see. Nope, he doesn't. No, no. Fine. Okay. Good. It's me. I, I'm seeing the leg on Ron. Oh, okay. Um, well, the movement felt good, but the one problem I had with the Arsenal version of that machine was um, you could only load 25-pound plates on it because the loading posts were really close together at the back. So you could only load 25-pound plates, and you had to, like, I mean, I didn't fill it, but I came close to filling it. And yes, Dustin could did I fill it? You did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I filled it. And so <laughs> that might be a problem for guys that want to go heavier than that. Cause I wasn't trying to go heavy and you no, know, I was just trying to do like a good heavy set for camera, but nothing crazy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it says I used another brand, the Fitland one that we have at West coast, the loading posts are farther apart. So you can put 35s or even 45s on. And so you could stack a lot more weight on it. You know, and not like I put a ton of weight on that machine, but I see other guys put a fair amount on there and they're cranking out good reps, you know, so you yeah, might not be heavy enough. You just got to try it out. I haven't seen the Fitland one, but also by moving the weight out, even if you did the same amount of weight, by moving it out, the way the motion works, you're actually going against gravity sooner. So the same five quarters would be heavier. Yes. on your muscle on that one yeah. so yeah because that was my issue with the arsenal too was we were three exercises deep when we got to it and we were i was repping out like it wasn't a pause and i'm not i'm not strong in those movements so that's how i know it's a problem and i started noticing that the average gym goer in there you know i mean in good shape but not like a bodybuilder had three quarters aside it only held five yeah yeah so yeah okay that's that Okay, this one seems easy to me, but I'll ask it because everyone wants to know this primarily with Scott for some reason. Okay, I made that part up. Oh. Would you rather <laughs> have an itchy nose or an itchy butthole for the rest of your life? Ooh. That'd be weird either way, especially on camera. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and people think you're a cokehead. Yeah, yeah. Or you can't they, sniff with it. Yeah. It'd be a lot. It'd be a lot. That's a tough one. You're doing uh, this all the time. Yeah, because you couldn't really touch it constantly. But I would, I'd have a real hard time. Or with you'd the just whole be like itchy ass crack. Like I'm shuffling like, around. Yeah. I'm wondering then, if you could like put some. You could put some like numbing cream on your butthole every day, or your nose. It's called cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive numbing cream. Or cocaine on your asshole. Yeah. You just put some cocaine on your asshole. I've heard that works. Make also, a little paste. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> A little cocaine paste, put it up there. All right, so what we've got out of this is we have drug problems. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or we would. We would. If, we if had I had it, we asshole, I would do a lot of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> okay, here we go. This is good for you guys because I don't give a shit. Um, if my last meal of the day is an hour before bed, how does that affect the timing of my GH shot? And now Ron knows why I don't give a shit. Oh, my head just hurts. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. I tried it all with G, timing GH, and I never really noticed a difference. I just noticed if I was on GH or not. Yeah. That's to Shot. be honest. I'm with you guys. And I think that, honestly, yeah. anybody who's watching this should take this as a lesson because you'll find videos on YouTube probably that are like, today we're going to discuss the optimal timing for your GH dose. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. But listen, I'm, we're talking to two guys that legitimately were pro bodybuilders in an era that it's difficult to turn pro. Uh, and the guys that have developed literally 300 pound physiques. And this is their answer. That's what, that's my contribution to this conversation. Yeah, no, it, that's, that's true. I guess. Um, one thing though, is like, you know, the, the timing and the management of all that stuff, you know, you, it's just, um, it's not worth your stress, you know, what matters more is, is your GH good? That's what matters. Mm -hmm. Make sure your GH is good, you know? But yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. You know, you like throughout the day, your insulin levels are going up and down because you're managing, you know, protein turning it, you know, aminos turning into glucose and, you know, you know, food coming in and out of your system and your, you know, your blood sugar and insulin levels are doing this all day long within that, that normal range, you know? Mm -hmm. And you just, to try to time things perfectly all the time, as far as that, like when the GH hits the bloodstream and I don't know, it's very difficult and there probably is an optimal time, but does that mean that it's like, let's say there's the optimal time to take your GH and then there's like, you know, does that mean that it's 10% better than other times or is it 0.001% better than other times, right? It might technically be better, but is the better even scalable to what happens in your physique? Well, that's the, the big question. <clears throat> so John Jewett is a wealth of knowledge. And yeah, he what's goes, he have to see? He goes deep on these things. And so one day he put up that growth hormone, the best time to take it was all of it before bed. Okay. So I literally, when people would ask, I'd say, well, John said that you take it before I did, bed. I did that a lot. Like, that so lot. that was my, but I always credited him. I was like, John had said there was a study. I didn't even read it. I don't give a fuck. Um, this is when you take it. And so one day he messaged me and he said, well, technically that's only if you're up to six IUs or less and then it alters. And, and I, A, appreciated him shooting that over, but B, I responded one second. My dog's going to go crazy. You want to, we open that thing, come out. Um, <clears throat> so I said, but B, I still am not changing my answer because I don't care. <laughs> because the, the people who are asking that, they're focused on that, obsessing with it. And like you said, Ron, I guarantee you, if I had used my growth at the optimal time, whatever that is, split it the way I was supposed to, my physique would not have been visually better by the end of my career. So right, my answer right. and the answer that Jose gave, because I asked him at one point just because I thought I knew the answer. I was like, when do you suggest clients use their growth hormone? He said, when they won't forget. Yeah. Right. I think yeah, one of those, in, those 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 things are important, you know. <laughs> one of the yeah, things I think people yeah. get confused about is the they're afraid that if they take it when their insulin is high, that it's not going to work, you know. Because the thing is, is that with like the 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 growth hormone secreting peptides, you do want to be in a low insulin state when you yeah. use that stuff. But if you're using exogenous growth hormone, that is a drug. That is its own thing. It doesn't have to convert into anything. When you put that into your body, it is in your body 
period, I would say the only thing to consider would be if you were specifically trying to get it, use it for fat loss, that you are going to get a better effect on an empty stomach. Like say, if you're to take it AM fasted before cardio, maybe you're going to get that fat burning effect. That fat burning effect would be blunted with insulin, but in the big picture, is it really going to make a difference? I, I don't think so. Yeah. Right. It's hard to say, you know, I don't uh -oh. think it will. I really don't think it would, you know, another supplement question. What makes pro hormones bad uh, compared to regular steroids? And he's talking about the fact they're uh, they're looked at that way by people like me. Go ahead. Well, um, I mean, from what I've seen, they're actually like worse on your liver mostly. I mean, they're they're all oral. Mm -hmm. So um, as far as I've seen, some of the blood work on SARMs is actually like not worth. It's like the risk reward benefit. You know, like how how effective are they versus what's 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 your blood work look like while you're using them? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I've as far as I know, they're not. They're not the best in, in those situations. Um, I've just never seen anybody uh, do anything on SARMs that was really, you know, like anywhere near what we're seeing with testosterone. You know, the proof is in the pudding. I don't know. An extension to that that I'll add is, so anyone I've ever known who has never used pro-hormones or anything like that, when they do their first cycle of low dose, whatever, it's a 10 to 20 pound, holy shit, what just happened? Uh, I've had clients that are like, I've never done any drugs, I've never done this and that, and then they'll go on a cycle, and it's as if they've been on gear for years. They get almost nothing, and I'm like, is your shit real? Oh, it's absolutely real, I don't know what's happening. I'm like. Have you done pro hormones, pro steroids? Yes, I have. Hmm. Then you've already used drugs. It doesn't have that same effect. And I know, you know, the scientists in the world are pissed off at this statement because it's not 100% accurate, but I've seen it. I've never seen someone who's done a bunch of pro hormones or pro steroids turn around, use regular gear, and get that hit. Interesting. They already had it. Huh. You know, <clears throat> so I just right. think what you're doing is you're taking a lesser product with equal or more side effects why right right yeah that's kind of the gist of it generally seems to be so so okay perfect i got time for i got time for one more and then i gotta okay. go pick up i gotta go pick up jamie the giant and take him to the gym oh nice he's here in town right now hell yeah yeah by the way, I guess I say hell yeah on the show frequently, and we have people that comment about how I say hell yeah. Some of some people like it, some people probably don't. But okay, I'm okay with it. Thank you. I'm hell yeah to it. To be hell honest yeah. with you, you know. I, now I've realized that you just said it again that you do say that. I say it when I'm like really, you know, supportive of something. Like Jamie the Giant's in town. Hell yeah, you know. That's exciting stuff. All it right. is. This is a quick one and easy one. <clears throat> um. Is it hard for you to transition into different workout phases, bulk, recomp, etc.? Or was it when you were doing this? No, I do just drop the hammer all the time. I was like real I was the type of guy that was real excited for the change. Mm -hmm. Like Monday morning I start my diet and it's like fucking boom and very like aggressive and you know, right into it. You know. Yep. 
Yeah. That's well, you how said, I always was. You always said, too, that like you were happy to not have to eat as much, right? Yeah, yeah. I was relieved. <laughs> Except the but, first couple of weeks of dieting were always rough because I'd, 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 you know, I'd cut back on my shakes and stuff. I try to get more solid food in and get the veggies going and get like, you know, because I, I came from that school that always believed like, you know, when you eat veggies with all your meals, it like, you know, really gets things going and, you know, you get your intake up there. And yeah, you know what I mean? So. What about you, Scott? Uh, you know, it depended on the year, I guess. But I mean, I, I'm with Ron in that like I'm excited for that change, you know. I'm excited for that that transition, so I'd, I'm I'm all I'm all about it. If if I had to start, if I wasn't focused like really strong on the diet, and then I had to really clean it up, it might take me a little while. Like there was a, a year that I remember I wasn't eating quite enough, and then I wanted to start dieting, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm gonna need to add another meal in, and I really didn't want to add that meal in at first, and it was like you know two weeks. I kind of went into it, but. Yeah, for the most part, I'd say I'm, I'm with Ron on that one. Yeah. How about you, Dustin? It's, it's just a matter of, for me, it was just, a, this was the process. Yeah. So, so it was never, and actually I had a conversation with Ron about something separate over the weekend, but he, he drove home a point that was great, which was once you have decided on a goal, the work required to reach that goal you have no choice. There's no, you know, there's, there's no, nothing you can do with it. You just go. So if I wanted to be a really good bodybuilder, then if it was time to diet, it was time to diet, fuck off. And if it was time to grow, then you just eat and you do what you have to do. It's not optional. I've never, I'm not somebody who've ever was like, Oh, I'm looking forward to going to do cardio this morning. I never liked it. You just do it. I hate eating food in large amounts. I've hated it my entire career. It's not optional. You want to get bigger or not? Shut up. Eat the food. So, yeah. <clears throat> you know, Ron put that into effect with everything, and it literally made me realize it. Um, and Ron, get the wording right for me because it hit good. But it's like it was one of those things where I really thought I was like, "That's so true." Once you choose any goal, go. Yeah, it was just Dusty asked me a question about that, and I think I started talking about how I my dad was a farmer. Yep. And so, like, you know, they're watching the weather. Right. They're watching the forecast. They're trying to find the perfect time to seed. You know, they got to seed the crops at the right time. You got to make sure it's done freezing. You know, you want it to be like winter time to be over with. You put the crop in the ground and you have to get it in the ground as fast as possible because, you know, everything's a race to the end of the season to get it off again, you know. And and then when it's time to take the crop off, you know, you have 2000 acres to harvest and the forecast says that it's going to start snowing in four weeks. So, you know, you got to get that crop off in four weeks. Like you don't, if it, if it requires you to work 20 hours a day, you don't have a choice. Like there is no choice. The work is already dictated to you. Like you have to get it off before it snows. You know, you, there's no, if, if you have to hire other farmers that are done their crops to come in with their machines and pay them a thousand dollars a day to help out, then that's what you do. You don't like even do the math. You just automatically just do it. You just no matter what. And you barely sleep and you do 20 hour shifts. And you know what I mean? You just get it off and you don't have a choice. And that's how I always felt about prep. Like there, you know, like, like, oh, I'm in prep now. Like I'm my whole life is like changed. Like it's fine. I can handle it and I'll manage it. But it's it's all running through this filter now, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I just, I just like that because when you, it was a conversation that had nothing to do with bodybuilding, but it literally applies to everything you can possibly think of. Once you choose the goal, the work is already dictated. You, what has to be done has to be done. And so when you take that mentality, you don't have to think about it. You, there's no thought of, do I want to do cardio this morning? Do I want to eat this extra 1,500 calories right now because it's off season? Doesn't matter if you want to. You already decided what the goal was, and you said you wanted to put on 10 pounds of tissue before next year's show. You've got nine months before yeah, prep starts. Going. Go. You know, so yeah. simple. So I think if you look at things like that, that question about transitions being rough disappears because it's not a choice. Yeah. You can't waste. That's why I've always hated some of the ways that people fall off of shows. They waste four months of off-season coming off the perfect way into the off-season. Yeah. You know, I love the old school. I mean, Chad Nichols, I know, used to tell guys, you need to get your weight up as soon as possible. Go. <laughs> yeah, that's what he told me. Get your weight up as soon as possible. You know, get big. <laughs> so, okay. So, all right. Well, thanks, everybody. Remember, Mutant supports the show. You can go on immutant.com or immutant.ca and use Big Ron 20 or Dusty 20. Thanks, guys. Um, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. And leave questions there for the next go. episode. And leave YouTube questions because we love them and we give them priority. And uh, yeah, I appreciate the, the company, gentlemen. I got to go pick up Jamie the Giant and go uh, film a workout. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs>